Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com slash family. Welcome to another edition of the Access Vikings podcast, another post-game losing edition. Vikings fall 31-30. to We are here at U.S. Bank Stadium uh, digging through the rubble of the latest loss. Guys, where do we start from here after the offense shows some life? Looks like they're actually going to do some things. Comes apart at the end with what Mike Zimmer called chaos. But really, it was also the defense giving up 31 points and 444 yards. Um, ben? You just fin- filed your game story. Where did you kind of put the pin on what went wrong here? Well, a lot of what I talked about was – so they, they had a trial run today with fans. They basically had 250 family members and staff in the stadium, which is still a sympathetic audience, but they were trying out all the protocols. If they do that and lose a game the way they lost this in front of fans next month if they're allowed in for the Atlanta game – it will sound a lot different because this to me today, certainly post game, it was a team that was sort of, there was a lot of, Hey, I did my job. Did, did you do yours? Kind of, it's kind of subtle back and forth between the head coach and the quarterback. And there doesn't seem, and there were only three players that talked after the game in general. So there wasn't, there's not a lot of people standing up and saying, Hey, this is on me. We got to fix this. And it starts with me kind of thing here. But, if they do that and fans are in the building next month, they're going to hear it directly, and it's not going to sound like stunned silence. It's going to sound like booing. Think about this. They had a running back rush for 180 yards. Yeah. A wide receiver have 170 yards receiving. An opponent that seemed determined to lose the game. Yes. Yes, they And did. they still lost. I mean, that might have been the worst two-minute drill in the history of football. Yeah, it it's it it did not look professional. I mean, it looked like they had never practiced a two minute drill, and and you know, we've all been critical of Cousins, and we hammered him last week, and deservedly, I ain't putting that one on him. As as I mean, the offensive line gave him no chance, and then I don't know if it was Bradbury's. I assume it's Bradbury's fault on the snap. He said Bradbury snapped it before he was ready. It looked like he had his hands down. Yeah, I don't think he was looking either. So. Um, if you can't win this game with everything that – all those things we said, then I don't, I don't know when you're going to win. I mean, because this was – that's a game you have to win. Yeah, we're talking about Tannehill just not playing the, the level he had been playing. You're talking about the pick six where Jadavion Clowney has the blind side blocked to negate the score. Well, even after – at the two-minute warning, you look like – uh, the Titans could just bleed a clock, give to Derrick Henry, and either kick a field goal with no time left or go down and score. And they just they three straight three straight plays. They didn't ignore him. Yeah, they run Adam Humphreys on a jet sweep and then throw on second down, and then Tannehill basically had to throw one up for to try to get ten yards on third down with the Vikings. And then a roughing, pressure. yeah, and then a roughing penalty. You get it at the forty. I mean, I know you're out of timeouts because Zimmer, you know, burned them all, but um, you have to have a more competent two minute offense than that. And just get to the point maybe where your offense doesn't have to put up more than 30 points or more than almost 500 yards because the Vikings were built to win this way if their offense did this. However many years you go back, if you say, okay, they're going to put up X amount of points, X amount of yards, that's a Vikings win because you have faith in a Mike Zimmer coach defense. And right now there is there should be zero faith in this defense. No, I have no faith. And I will give them, I don't want to say a pass, but 
look at the guys they're putting out there right now in the secondary. I mean, they're signing guys, you're playing guys that, that shouldn't be on the field, to be honest with you. Was the secondary why they lost, though? Well, you give up the big 61-yard uh, pass play that Gladney that, oh, by the way, the head coach called out the two safeties on. Who are veterans. Who are veterans. That, I mean, I thought that gave them some life because now you're down inside the 10 and, you, you know, you score there and, and then, the, you know, they're back in life. So, um, but the, and it's not to give them a free pass because they still should be better than what they're showing, but they have a lot of important players out on the field right now. Yeah, obviously this is the first game without Anthony Barr, Daniel Hunter, no, no telling when he's going to be able to come back from that neck injury, and then, of course, the two corners that were out. Ben, what did you think about just the defensive effort overall? Well, it was interesting. I mean, you know, because Mike Zimmer went with the thing at the end of the game of these guys on offense are veterans, and I expect them to be able to go win the game. Well, you blew a 12-point lead, and then you again had a five-point lead that you could have – put away and I, they didn't a lot of touchdowns I mean they, they were good in the red zone when they had to be but even on the, the, the Tannehill interception Zimmer said basically Harrison Smith makes the play but he essentially said Anthony Harris should have been in position to not have it look like it could have been a touchdown that Tannehill would have wanted to throw it there either so it, it they made some things happen in the red zone but you still look at it you have Corners getting beat in big moments. I thought, you know, Yannick Ngakwe was better. He had the strip sack for the second week in a row and had a couple of nice run stuffs, but they're still not creating a ton of pressure, and they're probably not going to be able to get a lot better in that regard without Daniel Hunter probably for a while. So it's it kind of is what it is, but it's interesting when your two safeties that are probably – typically one of the best safety tandems in the NFL are pretty complicit in a couple of the big moments today that didn't go your way. It's hard then to say, well, the offense needs to go win the game. Yes, they do. But it, this, I think kind of was on everybody today. Yeah. And it's interesting that I think that's the first time I've really heard him criticize those two players. Yeah. It doesn't happen much. doesn't happen much. And then, Maybe it's just me and, and hearing things or, or, you know, the gut reaction, but the coach and the quarterback don't seem to be on. Because Zimmer said that was chaos in, in uh, the, the last drive, and, and Cousins was asked about it, and he said, well, you know, which he always says I need to watch the tape. He said, you'll have to talk to Zimmer specifically to what he meant by chaos. It's like, And then added later, we had 500 yards and scored 30 points. That, yeah. That's a pretty good day. Yeah, so he's basically saying we did our job. Um, so it, it's interesting. It's something to, to keep note of. I mean, it, it, you know, whether it's a subtle dig or not so subtle dig, it, it feels like um, you're starting to see some of that friction. I think the fascinating component, at least on defense, to me right now is is the fact that you've got Mike Zimmer calling out, as you guys said, the two safeties. And the way he did it, he was saying they're, they're pressing to try to make plays. He said even a good play, when you looked at Harrison Smith's pick, he was not the guy that was supposed to be in position to make that play. Mike Zimmer said the other safety should have been there, meaning Anthony Harris. Um, so you've got this kind of feeling among the veterans, clearly, where they feel like they need to make these these big plays. And Zimmer's trying to say, just do your job. And then Eric Kendricks, we hear from him right after the head coach, and Eric says, we need to make these big game-changing plays. He came out there and said, look, we're doing all the right little things. Which On Sunday, we need to come out and make those plays when those opportunities present themselves. And... You've, it's clearly where you've got an all-pro linebacker like Kendricks 
got stars in, at safety. You've got at least some stars up front, you hope, at least with Yannick um, Ngakwe and maybe Daniel Hunter. Those are the guys that seem to be getting themselves out of position, trying to do things for other people. And then how do you fix that if you're giving up, you know, 500 yards? Well, that's probably human nature when if you're, you know, if you're Harrison Smith and you see all these guys that are backups, that are young, that are pro- you know, probably shouldn't be playing, I think it's human nature if you're a star to say, I got to go do something to, to yeah. help these guys out. You know, yeah, I, that's I think that's, I, I find it hard to, you know, it, yeah, you have to do your job, but you also think I'm trying to compensate for somebody. Um, Is that going to be a give and take all year? Could be. <laughs> yeah, could be. I mean, you know, but I also think some of this that we're seeing is just the exasperation on Zimmer's part because the first two weeks, you're a bad team. I mean, you can't – I think it was shell-shocked how bad they were in all phases. Today, you do a lot of really good things against a team that made the playoffs last year that's undefeated, and, and you're thinking, man, I don't know if you'll turn your season around completely, but you can change the narrative for at least for a week. And you and you find a way to lose. I'm sure they're just like, you know, what in the heck now, you know. But that's also a, a earmark of a bad team. Yes. I mean, if you yes. can't finish games where teams are giving you chances to take it, it. I mean, you didn't get blown out. And then, yeah, you put up some numbers, and that's great. But as we watch Russell yeah, Wilson there's a, there's a hit DK offense. Metcalf for a touchdown to go up by five with a minute and a half left, if if you can't finish games when you have opportunities to do it. You're not a good team. That's why I, I ended my column saying good teams find ways to win, bad teams invent ways to lose. And I think you see, I mean, that's what they did today. I mean, it was, if I'm them, I'm almost more demoralized by this one than the first two. Because, like I said, all the things went right and, and you're at home and you still lose. I mean, the other ones you can, you can talk yourself into saying, oh, we just played bad and we made a bunch of errors. This one, I mean, how many times has Dalvin Cook going rush for 180 yards? Yeah. I- See, I, I guess where I would disagree a little bit, I think the first two were still so much worse because at least here, the question coming out of the first two losses to, to when we talked about on the podcast were, can Cousins get this offense right? Can they turn it around? All of a sudden you get this kind of um, career day from a rookie anyway out of Justin Jefferson. You get the Dalvin Cook game. I um, mean, yes, you still lose. But to me, again, it's it's going back to the defense and at least the building block off of this game if you're the Vikings to say, okay, if we can go in and put 30 points and 500 yards up, we've got chances to win some games. Not this game, clearly, but some games. And after those first two losses, I was sitting there thinking this offense is not – it doesn't have anything going right now. Yeah, and you probably feel better about the way you played, not the result. But, yeah, I mean, I think offensively they found a formula. Right. I mean, yeah. you got to put I mean, you, you were barking at it all last week. Give the ball to Dalvin. That's the last thing you ended with, you know, and finally they did it and, and took the reins off of Jefferson. You realize he's a really good talent. Yeah. Ben, we finally see Justin Jefferson get in the starting lineup um, at the, the cost of BC Johnson getting benched. But what did you think about at least him emerging in this game? I thought that was a lot of the reason that you saw the offense come to life. I mean, certainly Dalvin is, is the main reason, I think, but. It's just the passing game looks so different when you have a guy like that that teams now can't focus on Adam Thielen to the same degree. He, We saw the vertical speed on the 71-yard touchdown. He, I mean, he really kind of did everything you'd want to see. He had a run after the catch. He had the high point in, in a contested catch situation that right before Cousins threw the touchdown to Thielen. And, of course, the, the deep speed on the, on the deep ball. So it – added an element to the offense that I think they've been missing to some degree without Stefan Diggs. I mean, they've, they've gone down the field to Thielen, but you have to have a couple of those guys, I think, because 
Cousins is not the type of quarterback that's going to be able to go just invent things and win with probably subpar talent around him. I mean, he he had some nice moments today creating things on the run. I thought he made a great throw to Thielen for a touchdown on the run, made a, a nice play to, to trust Kyle Rudolph to make a heck of a catch for another touchdown. But he's not going to be, as we sit here and watch, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott where he can kind of go do it even if he doesn't have – all of these great receivers around him. Certainly in the case of Russell Wilson through his career, you've seen Wilson not have that. But so on that, by that metric, I think Jefferson added a lot. And I think he looked more comfortable when he saw that he could find him and and see him get open. I think that helped kind of ignite things quite a bit for them today. Yeah, I mean, defenses are going to have to uh, look at them differently now, I think, right? Before you could say, oh, they're just going to roll everybody to – Thielen. To Thielen's way, and Which it's and take doing. him out of the game, and and that's what the, you know he saw it, but um, it makes you wonder, like where was he the first two games? Why wasn't he more part of the package? I mean, what do you, he had five catches? How many targets the first two weeks? Like, it can't be much more than that, right? Maybe seven or eight. Yeah. So, and I know it's like they wanted to bring him along slowly, but it, he clearly can handle a lot. I mean, the thing I liked is like. Early on, just get to him quick, you know, and establish a rhythm. And I think that's what Cousins completely like 10 straight passes at one point. The, the offense got in a rhythm, and it's him and Dalvin and him and Dalvin. It started to make sense, right? And then you could see, okay, this offense now can do some things if you have two receivers and, and Dalvin's going. That's why it's like, <laughs> look at this. They, they, how they found a way to lose this game is, you know, mind-boggling. I think I think the optimism with Justin Jefferson is is – it's going to help. Yeah, and it's going to it's going to force defenses to look at them a little bit differently. I hope if you're if you're the Vikings, you hope that it puts Cousin in such a place where he understands, okay, I'm going to look to my one of two places. We're almost this this kind of like before they were going in with BC Johnson, we're going to spread the ball around 13 different targets, you know, different people we're throwing to whatever. And it's like when Kirk's got all those places to go, it feels like he has no places to go. Yeah, and that's now, a good point. That's a really good point. And now he's throwing those out routes. There was like an early out route to Jefferson where it was man coverage. It was tight, but Kirk still trusts him to put that ball out there for him to catch along the sideline. And that's the kind of thing, if you're a rookie, that you didn't have the offseason really to build that trust. And this is the kind of game that could really springboard, I think, into a big season for him potentially, especially if they're playing catch-up. Yeah, and I talked with Cousins before the season about getting that timing with guys and – and he, you know, I, I talked about the deep shots on play action. He said those are almost easier because it's just throw it up and trust the guy to go make a play. Insert Adam Thielen re- rebuttal from week one at your at your will. But um, he said that the ones the underneath throws are the ones that take more timing because it's route depth, it's when you break, where the ball is, all that precise stuff that takes more time on the practice field. And and Jefferson said as much as well. Now, the thing Jefferson has going is we've talked ad nauseum about the fact that he played in a pro-style offense at LSU, played with Joe Burrow, played you know opposite Jamar Chase, so had another great receiver next to him, but grew up around a lot of this stuff with his brothers playing at LSU. So he, he's been around enough to understand a lot of the nuances of playing receiver at a high level. I think that's helped him out, but – it was interesting today, yeah, just like that throw you mentioned, to see some of that trust and some of that timing start to develop. And it could be a big you know, shot in the arm for this offense, I think, if you can get him going opposite Adam Thielen. The question is, what happens with that defense? Are you going to have to play this type of game every week? You're going to see defenses that are better than what Tennessee had today, I think. 
So, and you're going to see offenses that are better at cashing in on their opportunities than the Titans were as well. Yeah, I mean, how many field goals did he wind up kicking? Six. Six. Yeah, one so short of the NFL record. Yeah, it's it's that's not going to happen a lot. I mean, in credit to their kicker, what 51, 54, and fifty five after a shaky. Uh, after a lot of short ones. Yeah, early. and a lot of short ones early. Um, you know, I think if you're looking at for silver linings. I thought Cousins, I mean, he looked more like the guy that we saw at times last year where he's under control. I mean, the throw to Thielen was big time. I mean, he was looking back the other side of the field and wasn't there, and he came back and on the run. I mean, the throw to Jefferson, a deep ball. I mean, there were some nice spots. and It's just with this defense and this offensive line, his margin for error is so thin right now. It's so thin, and it doesn't matter if it's that last drive where the pressure's on him like that and it's shotgun and everybody knows what he's going to do, which is throw it. Or if it's um, the interception, the lone interception, which led to zero points. Yeah. yeah. But if that leads to a field goal drive, we're talking about a game they well, win. And, th- you know, where did th- he said he was throwing that ball away. Said he needed to throw it more outside, yeah. And then it needed to be a better throw away, I, I mean, guess. That, but... that, did it look like a throw away to you? No. And, I, thought and it was I, a, I thought it was a miscommunication with him and Jefferson. And I don't recall if he was under pressure there. I, I don't... He was. There was a guy in his face, for yeah. sure. But oh yes, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The linebacker his, was in his face. Yeah, he had a guy in his face, but it's like, I think. man, if it's going to be a throwaway, you got to throw it in the stands. I mean, that was. Yeah, I think he. I think the direct quote was, um, "I should have thrown it away more" or something. It, it was something to that effect of like his intention was there to do that, but then it, the execution didn't. Yeah, it's fall. weird when when that happened. I thought either Jefferson ran a different route than he thought he was going to be because it was so far off the mark, but he said he was throwing that ball away, which is, man, Kirk, you can't. But in this in this offense, I mean, they brought him in to be that mistake-free, we call it game manager. Like, they brought him in to be that. It's like this, you've got to be that to, to the utmost degree because they just have no room to make up for those mistakes. Well, I think going forward, you have to think, all right, if, if you're the offense, we're going to have to score 30 points because this defense is just not good. It, you know, it's just – Well, they're beat up, they're young, they're just not good. I mean, and to me, here's the tricky part is we're talking about silver linings. We're talking about signs of progress. We're talking about this team like it's a young team. They are not young by the way they have constructed their roster. They they have been in all in mode and they are playing that way with the contracts they've given out for quite a while. They have not positioned themselves that way by the way they've talked. We talked about that this week in terms of saying we – expect to compete. I've never had a bad defense ever. The message has been, we can retool this on the fly and win right now. So, and the fact of the matter is, as Mike Zimmer's mentor famously said, you are what your record says you are. And, you know, we could talk silver lines. We could talk about whether people are giving them enough credit for progress that can be measured in less than concrete terms and can be judged on a scale, but the the only scale that matters is wins and losses. And they have zero wins right now ahead of two road games with quarterbacks that are going to give them trouble. I mean, the the Texans have a lot of their own issues. They're 0-3 as well. But even if you win that, you're going out to Seattle in two weeks to face Russell Wilson, and that's not going to be a a fun night for that defense. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if they try to – move the goalpost on their narrative that they created, which, I, yep. which I'm guessing they do because all teams do it. But, you know. Would help if uh, 
you know, if you want to move the goalposts on a narrative, you got to open your mouth. Well, that's yeah, that too. <laughs> but they, but yeah, you can't say we're not rebuilding. We still got all these stars, and we got a big payroll, and um, I've never had a bad defense, and so. Rick Spielman will probably talk to reporters during the bye week in week seven. Has last talked on August third. Yeah, and so. At least on the record. Yeah, I mean it's you're zero three on a, on a team that. For a team, I think a lot of people thought, maybe foolishly, but would be a playoff contender this year. Oh yeah, I remember doing. Uh, this is just an anecdote. I remember doing radio in Green Bay before the season started, and and you know Green Bay Packer radio was like, "Are the Vikings going to challenge the Packers for the title? Is it still those two front runners?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it seems like it. You know, from everything we know, can't really bank on the Lions or Bears to do much. And here we find the Bears at three and zero after having After-pitching. switched quarterbacks in the middle of the game. <laughs> yeah, three and zero Chicago Bears with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles leading their game. How many two and zero teams make a quarterback change in the middle of a game? Boy, it, right? Imagine right. if they signed Cam teams. Newton. <laughs> imagine where <laughs> yeah. they'd be there. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, I'm sure they will try to pick a, you know, pick the positives out of this with the with the offense, but, um, you know, the, where they're at defensively right now is a nightmare, and I think their offensive line played good for stretches today, but at the moment of truth, they they crumbled and the offense crumbled, and so I, I, you're right. It's like there is no moral victories. Not, not for not the NFL, not the NFL, and especially not for veteran teams. There are no moral victories. You're zero and three. Yeah, three game losing streaks. The longest of Kirk Cousins' Vikings tenure. It's the longest since he was a replacement for Robert Griffin in 2014, uh, when he lost four straight games. So this is, and obviously it's new territory for people like Eric Kendricks, who have never started zero and three in a season. Um, it's it's the first zero and three start in Mike Zimmer's Vikings tenure too, yeah. I suppose. Last one was 2013, Leslie Frazier's final year as head coach. So Harrison Smith's been through it. Kyle Rudolph's been through it, at least in Minnesota. Uh, beyond that, I think that would be it. Uncharted territory for a lot of people here in, in a really, right now, a bad football team. Some signs of life. But we will break down the next Vikings game heading into Houston next Sunday as we see Dak Prescott get inter- intercepted at the very end. Live, live uh, podcasting. Se- Seahawks defense closed it out. Live podcasting the Cowboys-Seahawks game. Sack and a pick. <laughs> anyway, guys, we'll, we'll be back to you talking uh, Vikings-Texans. With that, we will leave you guys. Please check out all of our work at startribune.com. Maybe you should get off the podcast.